Derek, do you like afternoon basketball on a Sunday? You know what? I actually do like afternoon basketball on a Sunday. I do too. Because I'm, I'm more of a morning person. This job is tough for me in that regard. It's great. It's so sunny out. We'll leave yep. the arena. It doesn't look like it's the middle of the night. That being said, I like it when teams can play a little bit of pick and roll defense, and I like it when shots go in. So I will take a good game at night <laughs> over a bad game in the afternoon, and unfortunately, we got the latter. Yeah, we, we didn't get that this Sunday afternoon. And, of course, this was one that we highlighted, as the Sixers did as well. Unfortunately for us, what we thought that we would get from them on this afternoon, and I'm sure what they thought they would get from each other for this game against the Milwaukee Bucks in a big matchup, Matinee Sunday Hoops, unfortunately falling to the Milwaukee Bucks in this one. Final score, 119-98. Welcome to the PHLY Sixers postgame show again on this Sunday afternoon. Glad to be with you. Derek Bodner here. I'm Devon Givens. Kyle Newbeck will join us live from the arena following the postgame availability. I'm sure there will be a lot. He's going to be running from two different areas and trying to hear what coaches have to say and former Sixers head coach now Bucks head coach Doc Rivers certainly Nick Nurse and hitting the locker room to see what the players have to say after this blowout and it won 1998 while the Sixers did come back a few times and try to close the gap and try to actually make this one the game this was not really a game the final score is really indicative of what we saw and as Derek said pick and roll defense some uh, shot making would have been nice in this one. And we understand that the big fella is not there, but they have to find a way to really generate some offense, some easier looks for themselves. And when they do get those easy looks to knock them down uh, to make this one much closer than it really was. So this one had a lot of that from missed three pointers, hot shooting from the Bucks on the other side, poor defense on the other side for the Sixers. Bobby Porter's coming in off the bench, lighting them up in the second quarter. There was so much to this one, Derek, but uh, for you to start in general, you talked about their defense, which was mm -hmm. pretty poor. Yeah, I think for the first half, that was really the story of it. And you sat there at halftime. Uh, I think the Bucks were something like 13 of 22 from three, and the Sixers were like six for 21. And yeah. that was in large part the ball, ball game that for that point, ended up probably being the ball game at the end of the day. And you could look at that and say, ah, well, the Sixers had an off-shooting night, the Bucks were hot, yada, 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 don't read too much into it. And there's always some truth to that. Like, that's part of what makes evaluating the NBA nowadays so difficult. You're so reliant on that three-point shot, and because of that, you were just going to have some nights where some teams are ha having unsustainable luck, either in the positive or negative direction. I don't think that's really what this is about, though. When you looked at the shots that each team was getting, Milwaukee was getting such good looks off of just Dame coming off of a pick and roll, the Sixers playing a deep drop, and having help off of the wings, and they were getting wide-open looks. Yeah. Sixers, by contrast, when they are getting threes, it was like Tyrese Maxey with a really tough contested step-back three, or Buddy Heald taking a quick shot in transition where he really didn't have much space, but because he's a good shooter and he has a quick release, you try to force it a little bit. Sixers were taking much, and Kelly Oubre taking tough threes because that's what Kelly Oubre does. Sixers were taking much more difficult attempts. And yeah, they got up a good number of threes, but they weren't as high of a quality of a shot as Milwaukee was getting. And Milwaukee could just come down time and time again, run a simple pick and roll, get in the middle of the paint, uh, and spray the ball out. And it was just the Sixers had no real way to counteract that. And that's where we talk about having to find a way to generate a much better offensive flow so you don't have those types of performances this afternoon where, again, having the defense struggle 
and try to figure out how they're going to close out on certain defenses. It seemed like they had a little bit of miscommunication on a few things as well, getting there late. Paul Reed getting into foul trouble the way that he did because he was playing pretty well. And then when he got in foul trouble, he had to really back off of how he wanted to aggressively close out maybe on Bobby Porter. So close out on another shooter, Brooke Lopez or someone else out there in the perimeter. And he had to be careful about that. But when you have those little things falling your way, not in the positive, and you're trying to fight your way back, those little things will continue to hurt you in a basketball game. And that's exactly what they did in the first half. The Bucks shooting the way that they did, making 13 threes to the six. Counter that with the Sixers, six made three-pointers and having to really, really struggle to find some easier looks for the Sixers where step back three for Tyrese Maxey, step back three for Kelly Oubre, step back three for DeAnthony Melton when he comes yep. into the game. And then you have Buddy Hill not shooting well in the first half. That's a recipe for disaster for the Sixers. And that's why they ended up that way. And it was something that I also highlighted. This was really the one thing that really put a stamp on what the Sixers first half looked like. As good as the Bucs were shooting, as poor as the Sixers did shoot, and as tough as the defense were, was there for the Sixers in that first 24 minutes of the game, it was the first, how we say, 23 minutes and 58 seconds. Right. Because after the Sixers did make a basket, with 1.6 seconds left on the clock, Giannis in, gets the ball on the inbound and heaves it sideways, 90 feet, full 90 feet down the court to his teammate, Brooke Lopez, wide open, folks, wide open, caught it, pump faked on Tyrese Maxey as he tries to block it. S smart play from Maxey, but why is there nobody back? Why is there nobody back? Just because you, what, made a basket? You thought that there was no time left on the clock and nobody had to get back? Yeah. No, you made a basket and there was under just under two seconds left, enough time for Giannis to throw it 90 feet the player catches it, doesn't have to dribble because he caught it right under the basket. Ball fakes. Guy flies by. He goes up, lays it in. That's when the horn sounds. That's where the buzzer sounds. And you walk into the locker room. And I'm sitting in front of Colin Derrick at the arena. And the first thing I do when I turn to look you at Derrick. big time? And like, man, I'm on front row. I'm on front Kyle, row. I was on front row this afternoon. I had a front row it was, it was Sunday, yeah. man. It was front Sunday. <laughs> so they had, had, had me my Sunday's best sitting right there in the front. But I turned and looked at Derrick, everybody. And I said to him. That's not, that's exactly what yeah. you don't want to do. That's exactly what you don't need to happen when you have a tough performance already and you're trying to keep it as close as possible. You cannot, under any circumstances whatsoever, give up a 90-foot full heave for an easy layup. And I thought they were going to call a foul yeah. when he got it because I thought on the second jump, the second attempt by the Sixer to defend that play, I thought they were going to call a foul. They did not. They said, you know what? Let's leave these guys alone. Let's just go into the locker room and, and let them have what they have. Derek, that can't happen. No, and this is a game where you have to do the little things. Like, they're, even even with, you know, Milwaukee had lost, like, I think, what, seven of their last 11? Like, they had really been struggling. Mm -hmm. I forget exactly what it was, but they have not been playing great basketball for a while now. Even still, the Sixers are at a pretty big talent disadvantage here. And in order to come out and steal a win, you have to do the little things. That might mean getting a hot night on the perimeter. Well, it didn't work that way. Milwaukee was hot from three. Sixers were not. That might mean winning the rebounding battle. Well, the Sixers had to go small for a long stretch of the game, so it's sure. going to be tough to do that. You can't have these mental lapses. And there were so many mental lapses throughout the game. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into it with Paul Reed. Uh, he was a real roller coaster here this afternoon. I'm going to try my best not to say tonight. Uh, it's a force of habit. It's probably going to slip <laughs> out once or twice. I'm I caught myself and was able to say this happened. Well, you have a lot more 
um, you know, a lot more experience on the radio. Fair, I mostly fair. write. <laughs> Even back in the day, I would tweet out tonight, this evening, and yeah. it's just, I'll do my best. No promises. I'll do my best. Clean it up for you, man. But there were so many just mental mistakes, lapses in effort. And I really thought in the second half, especially in that third quarter, at least the energy and the activity was there. And that got them back into the game. But they had such a, a hill to climb and a hole to dig themselves out of that they had to be virtually perfect. And that's almost impossible to sustain. And you saw that in the fourth when the shooting fell off of a cliff. Well, the reason they got into such a big hole was because of the defensive breakdowns, because of the poor decisions early. It was just not, they did not come out with the focus to steal a game here. And that's, Look, that's going to happen. That's why we talked about this 23-game stretch and said, hey, they might struggle to win 8-10 to 10 because this is a real tough stretch. You're not going to expect them to play over their heads and steal one every night, but this was not a great effort. And, and that's why, too, when we focused on the four-game stretch, overall the, the the 23 and Derek talking about, you know, try to get eight of those because it makes sense. And then that five, see what you can do if Embiid is, in fact, back and try to steal maybe three or four of those games going into the – to the postseason, but for this one with these four, as you try to just simply chip away, that's why we talked about the Knicks game on Thursday to start off this this uh, second half of the season, the way that we did that night after that loss, which was tough. That's why it was important for them to get the Cleveland game on Friday on that second night of a back-to-back because you needed to take as many as you could in this four. We were looking at it generously and saying, hey, just take two of the next four because of the tough games that you're playing against four teams that are directly in front of you in the Eastern Conference standing for the playoffs. New York, Cleveland, Milwaukee, and Boston, which will be on Tuesday night. Uh, Again, another nationally televised game. Try to steal four. Try to take four of them from these. I mean, try to take two of the four because – you got to find a way to get to that eight that Derek talked about that is so important over the stretch of this 23 games. And you knew it was going to be tough against Milwaukee. You knew it was going to be tough against Boston on the road, a, a highly contested basketball game where Boston is really trying to push themselves away from everybody else, separate themselves from the pack, including the Philadelphia 76ers. These were important. And right now with no Embiid, but you do get these reinforcements back with Melton and Lowry and Batum, who again had a tough second game here in a row for him after sitting out against for all all but three seconds against the Cleveland Cavaliers. They needed to show at least a much better performance in this one against the Milwaukee Bucks. It was already tough. They gave you a little bit too. All we always talk about, and Derek makes this very clear every game that. As much as we want to give them the credit of playing hard, having the talent that they do, a very good coach in Nick Nurse, oftentimes, even though you're going to get good effort, maybe some good shooting, a very good individual performance from Tyrese Maxey, maybe another good performance from someone else like Buddy Hill, there is still a talent gap from everybody else. And even with Chris Middleton out for this game against the Sixers this afternoon, that didn't make much of a difference. It didn't yeah. make of a difference because, as I saw already uh, where Bernard said in the chat, Devon, this one was about pretty much over when Dame Lillard got loose in the first two quarters when he hit the first two baskets, as a matter of fact, the three-pointer and the layup. And it, 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 Bernard said it right there for him, the game was already in hand because you can already see what this one was going to be. This one, you could see sometimes how the, the, the complexion of the, what it's going to look like, the complexion of the game, how it's going to be. And that right there for Bernard and many others said it. And as I'm seeing our guy, the boy RJ already ticked. He's so sick and tired of the Daryl Morey and Elton Brand and the Sixers in general. Stop giving them excuses. Sick of us talking heads. All you yeah. needed 
was that first five points for someone yeah. like Bernard to feel this game is already in hand. The boy RJ saying, I'm done for the afternoon. I'm not watching this crap because they're going to get beat down in this one. When you're down the all-star that you're down and you have Maxi doing what Maxi does, but no one else steps up in that secondary role and that third role to give them help, then this is the kind of performance you're going to get. But you can't not have that against a team like Milwaukee. And when you talked about what they were doing when they were losing, Derek, when we got done, I watched the rest of that game that they had against the Minnesota Timberwolves on the road. Minnesota fought back after being down double digits, but Milwaukee looked pretty good holding on to that lead to come away with the win. They're starting to find their stride. And as we sat here getting our stuff together before we started this post-game show, I was listening to Giannis talk to the television coverage of during the post-game and how he said, we're really starting to get their way. Bobby Portis was mic'd up for the game, and he felt like well, they're, the Bucks are really starting to catch their stride right now under Doc Rivers, who we'll get to later. And that's, again, not good for the Eastern Conference because if Joel does not come back and the Sixers find themselves first-round matchup as a seven seed having to face off Milwaukee if they're able to move back into that spot, it's not a good matchup for the Sixers, and it cer- certainly showed themselves that way this afternoon. Yeah, that being said, in as someone in the media, as someone who would love the drama of it and the theatrics oh, of it, sure. oh, I would Seven adore that yeah. matchup. Yeah, 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 especially if the Sixers were able to pull that one off To somehow. be honest, like it's not like the Sixers wouldn't have a chance with Embiid back. If Embiid comes back, sure. you know, Milwaukee's not going to be able to defend that Embiid maxi pick and roll. Milwaukee's going to lose Buddy Heald at times on a perimeter. Mm-hmm. They're a very bad defensive team. They have things that you can exploit against them. Uh, it's just right now, Joel Embiid can cover up so many of these Sixers Warts, and none of that is being covered up, and all of that is on display right now, and it is tough to watch. And then you compound that by the fact that the Sixers shot 16 of 46 from three-point range. Nick Batum, outside of a stretch where you know he made two threes in the span of like a minute or two, uh, Nick Batum was pretty much invisible. Buddy Heald couldn't make a shot. We can go up and down a list. Tobias Harris was his typical disappearing self, and I'm sure we'll I've get to that I've seen his name again. a lot in the chat. How could you not? Uh, you see his name more than you see him make an imprint on the game. Joel Embiid changes almost everything. And it's, again, I feel like the chat is going to be especially spicy here over the next couple of weeks as they play this tough schedule as um, with Embiid out. Uh, Sixers fandom is probably going to be a little bit spicy. This is not a team that is going anywhere. Uh, without Embiid, is not a team that will go anywhere in the playoffs. We all know that. You're just trying to scratch out any win that you can get. Um, this was a tough one, though. It, it was really a tough it, one. it gets me not because the fourth quarter shooting... And I thought they got some pretty good looks, especially early in the fourth quarter. After they missed a couple in the fourth quarter, I thought maybe started pressing a little bit. I thought they got some pretty good looks there in the fourth quarter. That doesn't really bother me. You're going to go through stretches like that. It was really a defensive execution there in the first half that I just thought was atrocious. But it was just like the game on Thursday against New York. You put yourself in the hole like that when you do make that run and start shooting the ball a little bit better. You still you put so much energy in trying to get yourself back into it when it comes down to it during the stretch. When they got it to 11, Derek, you, met, you mentioned a couple of good looks that they had at the three-point line. They felt like that three-point shot, again, they needed a three-point shot every time down the floor to continue to cut into that lead when they didn't. And when you miss them, long rebounds go the other way, poor defensive execution, and Milwaukee makes their shots. So what does that do? That's just a five-point swing right there that instead of cutting it to eight, you now allow them to extend it to 13 and 15, yep. and then it gets out of hand once again. And our, our buddy Matt here in the chat says, Devon, stop, stop. Come on, man. Don't overreact because the Bucks have won two games. It's not that they've won the two games, Matt. It's that I've watched them a little bit over the last couple of weeks, 
And even though we talked about the Bucks before the break and a couple of that they dropped there with Doc Rivers and making excuses, team guys on had already in Cabo already and that stuff. Yeah, but when you see Damian Lillard starting to make shots again, Giannis being Giannis, where he almost had did he have a triple double tonight? I know no, at one came point, up one short. They were about short. to put him back in in the fourth quarter and decide not. Yeah, to. I've seen him do that before, but. Well, they, then again, we can't really judge given what's happened with I know. Joel. Yeah. They look better. They look much better. And when you have Bobby Porter, Bobby Porter's playing that way, Malik Beasley making his shots, things of that nature. Matt, to me, just from what I've seen, they're starting to look like they're playing better basketball. And we're talking about it in this way because this is what we said we need to see from the Sixers to do the exact same thing where they start to hit their stride. It could be right now, could be later, but right now would be nice for the Sixers to get that going. When we come back, though, we need to talk about how these guys need to start getting out of some of these shooting slumps that they're having, not named Tyrese Maxey. We'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. First, we want to make sure we tell you about Coors Light. You see them here on the table. You've seen them here all week. Look at them. Look at them. Yeah. Look at these. Huh? Crack one open there, Devon. Not today. Go for it. No? You know, it's my Sunday's best. But this is Sunday's best. <laughs> From your day-to-day annoyances to the big stuff, like a team that can't defend the pick and roll, maybe a GM who doesn't get the players that you want, mm. or a $40 million man who disappears throughout half the game. No names, just hypotheticals here. It's very easy to get worked up and caught up in day-to-day life. Again, just check out the chat of our show right now. A lot of people very worked up right now. But there is a better way and a chiller way to handle that. And you can choose chill by reaching for an ice-cold Coors Light. It's starting to get nice outside again. Uh, I think this week it's supposed to be in the 50s and the 60s. Beautiful. And what better way to celebrate than to sit on the back porch with cold Coors Light to wash away some of the daily stress we all experience. And with Coors Light, you know it's cold when you reach for the can because the mountains turn blue when they're as cold as the Rockies. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged for a smoother finish. When it's time to chill, open a Coors Light. When you choose to rise above it all, choose chill. Choose Coors Light. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash P-H-L-Y basketball. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as Derek talks about the cold weather, let me tell you guys something. Because between myself, Derek, Kyle, who we're here from later, Bree, we hate the cold. Right? So this week coming up, the weather in the 50s and 60s a couple of days and you say, you know what, hey, hopefully that sticks around. But if it doesn't, and you're looking at the calendar and you heard about the trip that we're having with our PHLY Phillies group going to Clearwater between the March 13th and the 18th, and you want to keep those good weather vibes going just in case it gets cold here, we got the trip for you because they're taking off to Clearwater with the Philly sports trips for our very first PHLY Spring training takeover. Yes, the the gang, Jamie, of course, Renee, and Tyler. They'll be hanging with Philly's legend, Charlie Manuel, and you could too. All you have to do is check out Philly Sports Trips, who plans the entire experience out from flights and hotels to game tickets and transportation. Spend St. Patrick's Day on a private yacht. Look at that, huh? Philly Sports Trip putting you in style with a catered dinner and drinks. Be on the lookout. For more events throughout the year with Philly Sports Trips, I know Vince, the uh, guy who's in charge, the owner, he does a fantastic job with putting these trips together. So if you've never been a part and you're saying, I'm very curious to see what this looks like, you will have a great experience and you're coming back telling your friends and family about it for the next Philly Sports Trips. Be on the lookout again for more trips throughout the year with Philly Sports Trips and Vince. They had the Super Bowl party as well out in Las Vegas 
Good returns on that one. You'll want to be a part of that later. And if you want to see what else they have, visit truefan.travel for more information overall. And for our trip with the PHLY Phillies gang, Jamie, Renee, and Tyler, trip is March 13th through the 18th. So don't wait to book. Get ahead of it by heading to allphly.com slash events to learn more and book your trip now. All right, let's get to some of our Super Chats because we have some Super Chats in here early. Over the last couple of shows, we've had a bunch of them Thursday and Friday, and we got into them at the end. want to mix them in early, and we start off with Bernard, and he says, Nick Nurse has some crazy lineups. Ubre, erratic play. Nothing from Toby or Buddy. Really feel bad for Maxi. He is not a number one, but he is not the problem right now. Bernard, thanks. As far as Nick Nurse's crazy lineups... That's what he has to work with right now, in my opinion. He's well, trying to get creative. Especially because this is a game where Paul Reed got in foul trouble. He had five fouls, I think, in the third quarter. And he had a bad one at the end of uh, uh, end of the second quarter to give him that yeah. third foul. Yeah. So you had to get a little bit creative, especially. I mean, they rode Mo Bamba there for quite a bit there in the third quarter. You need to change something up. They went super, super small. I forget exactly what the lineup was, but it was with Harris at the the five, and you had three guards out there, some combination of Melton, Maxi. And, and Lowry, Lowry yeah, yep. um, with with what Ubre at the four, mm-hmm. uh, they ran with that a long time. And like I said, that was a lineup that was working there towards the end of the third. I thought they had some pretty good activity defensively. Uh, got out on the break a little bit, rebounded just enough to not get slaughtered, um, and getting those easy buckets helped get them back in the game. I thought the ball actually moved a little bit, uh, which isn't always the case. This is a, still a team who has had a real deficit in terms of creativity and quick decision making and passing. Uh, I know AC Phillow was in the chat complaining about the lack of any real ball handlers or creators over 6'2". He's 100% correct in that. There's just not. Like, none of the players who you really rely upon, whether that's Kelly, who doesn't know that you're allowed to pass, or Buddy, who really only makes a simple reads. They just don't have any creation from somebody who is able to see over top of a defense that's especially pronounced without Embiid there to sort of, like, create space and have gravity uh, and force double teams and rotations. But... I thought that unit really did, like I said, get out in a break, got into some early offense, forced some rotations, kept the ball moving, and gave them a chance. And quite frankly, Paul Reed was just not playing all that well. And he was real up and down. Like, there were moments in the first half where it looked like he was having a a, a pretty good game. And then he would do just completely crazy shit. Like, step back, Dirk, fadeaways. And it's like, you're not Dirk. Stop, Stop doing that. He had one where I forget who set the screen, but someone set a baseline screen for Tobias. Tobias came down, had, I think, Malik Beasley pinned real deep in the post, and he's sitting there calling for it, and Paul Reed, like, dribbled, 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 and threw a behind-the-back bounce finally pass. finally gave it to, pot to Which Tobias. was both too right. late, right. and Tobias had to step out away from his seal to get the ball. And it's like, what are you freaking doing? Just make the simple pass. That's not Paul Reed's game right now, and they need to get him back to doing the simple stuff. He has sort of a little bit of Kelly Oubre syndrome where he thinks he is the main character right now at times. And it's like, buddy, you're not like set a screen, roll basket and stop. Um, but with Paul Reed in foul trouble playing poorly, Joel Embiid obviously out. You only want to ask so much of Mobamba. Mobamba who played, he didn't play in the first half and then played a decent role there in the third quarter, but you needed to try stuff up because you were just behind the eight ball. Yeah, and no KJ Martin tonight at the five at all. It went with uh, Tobias Harris, as Derek pointed out. I felt like he could match up a little better against those bigs that they have with both Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez, sometimes, of course, on Giannis. And Paul Reed, to Derek's point, 
Paul Reed was playing really good at, at the very beginning of the game, maybe even midway through the first quarter. We had about seven points, three rebounds. He was very active. He was challenging shots at the rim. He was giving Giannis some problems. And I, I not problems, but he was very, very aggressive. And the but effort was good. Honestly, I thought everyone, like, I thought Tobias, and Tobias didn't do much well this game, but I thought he played pretty good defense on Giannis. I thought Paul Reed had moments on on, mm-hmm. on Giannis. Mm-hmm. Um, the one-on-one defense is not my issue with Paul right now. No, not at all. So the lineups, they're going to be what they are. Bernard right now, especially with Joel Embiid out, and maybe when looking at the lineup or looking at the rest of the personnel, as we often talk about, it's built around Joel Embiid. So when he's not out there, you don't have traditional stuff that you will really, really like, especially when you're not getting to play. As you just talked about, nothing from Tobias, Bernard, in your, in your super chat. When you get nothing from Tobias, that changes a lot of stuff where you have to go in these different directions to try to get some offensive, some offensive flow going, some good offensive flow going. And that's part of the issue there. Buddy healed as well. We'll get to him. But uh, we understand exactly where you're going with that. Davon, schoolboy beats, of course, always checking in on the Super Chat. Says, uh, no Ricky Council. No Darius Baisley. He did play a couple minutes. No Cam Payne. Why? Exhaust all of your resources. Yeah. Um, I mean, look. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I think any of those players are going to change the outcome of this game, sure. especially not when you get back in that huge hole. And he did, he did play Ricky a couple minutes and you know, Ricky had moments. Um, campaign paid a couple minutes too. Like, but when you're talking about like the rotation that they have buddy and Tyrese and Kyle Lowry, there's only, and, and, yeah. and, and even Anthony, there's only so many more minutes available for a short guard who can't really defend. Would he have maybe made a shot in the fourth? Maybe. And maybe you could say that they just needed somebody who had a little bit of energy, had a chance to maybe get going off the bench too. But their problem for most of the game was defensively, and campaign's not solving that. No. And I I wouldn't have minded to see, you know, when, um, you know, they announced that um, um, KJ was going to miss the game, you know, I tweeted at you like, hey, go get him, Rick. Mm -hmm. We didn't see it. Would I have liked maybe... 10 to 15 minutes from Ricky instead of six. Yeah, but yes. that's not, that's not changing not the outcome the, of the game. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not going to be lost. the be all end all of how this one was lost. He might've done a few things. He may have defended the perimeter a little bit better. Uh, been able to run around with Damian Lillard like we saw against Darius Garland. Maybe close out a little bit on Malik Beasley who has some open looks. Also, maybe Pat Connaughton, maybe he would have, but they didn't go there. We would have liked to have seen it because the energy that he brings. We even, I even turned around and looked at Derek as, again, my Sunday's best. Sixers put me on the front row, press row. I turned around and looked at Derek and Kyle because Kelly Oubre, who was allergic to passing, as Derek said just a few minutes ago, they got a good defensive play. They got on the perimeter, filled the lane on the left side. Ricky Council did. He was just ahead of Kelly Oubre. I thought he should have kicked it ahead. It wouldn't have been an easy dunk, but we saw him do this in – Washington yep. for at least an easy opportunity at the basket, maybe cut off the, the defensive player coming towards him. Kelly kept it, laid it in, but he probably should have given the ball to Ricky. And I turned and looked at them and said, eh, Kelly probably should have kicked the head on that one. They were only, they weren't very far from each other, but it probably would have made the most sense. And even on a play like that, if they do close out on Ricky council, as he tries to attack the basket from the left wing in transition, the play probably could have also called for him to give it right back to Kelly Oubre for a dunk, a layup, 
at the rim, but it didn't happen. So I would have liked to have seen a few more Ricky Council minutes just because, yeah. once again, it, was, it wasn't just you were forcing him in the lineup. It was because of what you weren't seeing perimeter defensive-wise. Some more energy, as we often talk about, and the fact that when you have somebody playing like that and no K.J. Martin, maybe those minutes would have helped for at least a stretch there, at least a run there where maybe it would have made a bit of a difference. Baba Day checks in and says, uh, <laughs> punt Tobias Harris into the sun. Let me go first on this one because... <laughs> You gonna give a good kick? Be a good What's kick. your punting game like? Um, you, not you, good you right a, a now. A punt, pass, and kick competitor? Not, not in the, in the past, no, and definitely not now while I'm still going through my rehab for my Achilles. Yeah, that wouldn't no, that work. Would it good. wouldn't go very far. Okay. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. First Wasn't thing that I'm, Andy Reid's thing? Wasn't he a, a yeah. punt, pass, and kick guy? Yeah, yeah, when he was like four feet yeah. taller than everybody yeah. else in the, pump, <laughs> the famous video. The one thing for me that got me because... First thing I put in my notes, Bobby Gide and everybody else out there, Derek, is Tobias' first aggressive drive to the basket. Is this going to tell the story? The left-handed one. Left-handed finish over Giannis and Brooke Lopez, by the way, who came over to help out as a help defender. I was wondering if this is going to set the tone of what the afternoon, the rest of the afternoon was going to look like. He had a few more like that that didn't fall but the aggression was there. And as Derek says, oftentimes in the past, when that happens, while the driving and the idea of it is very good, as soon as he misses a few, then it's over with. And I think that's what we saw because it was really good early, the first two, first three, and then it went back and reverted to what we often see when the shots just simply don't fall. And when you don't get the shots going at the basket, which is the one that really gets you going, the easy looks at the basket, getting to the free throw line, seeing the ball go through the net and saying, all right, cool. I got a good look. I got a good feel. I understand what I'm going to have to do this afternoon. It's not step back away from the basket and try to get those mid-range jumpers to fall or maybe the three-pointers to fall to get me out of my slump. It's continuing, continuing to attack the basket. Maybe you'll even get those really good defenders and Lopez and Giannis into foul trouble to maybe open some things up for you at the, at the rim. It didn't happen, and it just leads you to an end-of-the-game situation here. 3 4 11, 8 points, 8 rebounds in 31 minutes, and having Baba Gide pay his hard-earned money to send a super chat to say punt Tobias Harris into the sun. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, look. That was mine. Derek and Kyle don't need to do it. I have, I have, I have. I said. Make I mean, sure you go to allphly.com and read the post there for Kyle because yeah, yeah, yeah. when he tweeted out his story, it was again about another Tobias Harris yeah. tough shooting day. Three, four, eleven. I mean, I like I said, I thought I'm at the point where I'm just trying to find anything positive to talk about with him because, like, I just I can't keep talking about eight, eight point performances. Eight <laughs> rebounds, played decent one on one defense against Tobias. That's all I got. Got to the I basket can't. early, just didn't finish. It didn't fall for him this afternoon. But it's tough to say that when you had Thursday and Friday. Remember where when it didn't you could shoot threes? Either. It yeah. just like blows my mind. This is a guy that used to shoot five threes a game at a 40% clip because now he's shooting like two and a half a game at, at a 33% clip. I was looking clip. at a just, video where somebody somebody really clipped some early stuff with Ben Simmons on the floor and Tobias was getting some good looks, aggressively attacking the basket, finishing. That was headband Tobias. Remember headband <laughs> yeah. Tobias? Headband Tobias. Was, when, uh, who refused to wear him? 
when uh, was it Ben that refused to wear them? It was Ben who wouldn't Jimmy wear them. Because Jimmy and Tobias were wearing them. Yeah, yeah, them. yeah. Even Joel would wear them. Remember, <laughs> JJ wore them a couple of times, and Ben was like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that. Maybe once in a while, but I'm not doing that." Yeah. So there's. Well, that. I mean, to be fair, like Tobias's best attribute might be the hairline. So I get it. If I had that kind of hairline, I wouldn't wear a. Yeah, he does. Either. He's got a pretty good hairline. But he was to, he was that guy with the Clippers. He wore the headband. He was that guy with the Pistons. He wore the headband. It was it's true. You know, it was point. what it was. Good point. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, by the way, as we uh, get ready to tell you about our good friends, you know, you want some good food and you want to um, you want to make sure that you get out there, you get some good food uh, after a tough day like this. It's a great Sunday. And you want to spend some time with the family. You know what you do? You got to go to our good friends at Bagels and Co. Because they have the great Brooklyn style bagels, huge bagels, Brooklyn style bagels made right here in Philly. With love on a Sunday, right? You're trying to now get away from this tough loss. You're ticked off. You want to sit back with your family. It's still sunny outside. Good bagels to have there. Huge bagels. Maybe you wanted to wake up early and go get them today, or you want to do that tomorrow before work. Biggest bagels in Philly. That's why, hence, the Brooklyn-style, New Jersey-style bagels as well. Large variety, usually 100, uh, 15 to 20. Yeah, 100 bagels. 15 to 20 different Types to choose from on a daily basis. Basis. They have seasonal bagels as well. For instance, Valentine's Day just passed. They had those bagels. St. Patrick's Day upcoming. St. Patrick's Day bagels. Are they going to have green bagels? That's good if you make them that way. But you know, any other time, that's that's frowned upon. But Valentine's Day, they'll have the bagels for you, all ready to go. And with that, you have thirty different varieties of cream cheeses and schmears to choose from. Large, large variety there, and uh, you make sure that you get there because they have the seasonal flavors. They have the team version of the flavors, Sixers, Eagles, Phillies during the postseason. Season's already underway with spring training. Maybe they'll have some stuff for the regular season as well because this is the place for you to make sure you check them out on Instagram uh, for, again, Bagels & Co. They'll get all the visuals for you to see what you're getting yourself into if you want to get up and start your week off right on Monday morning to go visit our friends at Bagels & Co. They have affordable prices in today's inflationary world. They don't want you spending a lot of money. They think that's key. They've debated about raising their prices, but you know what? They said, nope, we're not doing that because want to be an everyday brand and not some high-end place for you to splurge on on only the weekends. They want you there every single day that you can be there during the week because of their affordable prices and great, great bagels that you have so many to choose from with the, of course, cream cheeses. They are not an artisan mom and pop type shop, but they have that feel where they cater to the everyday individual. A lot of the customers are repeat. You could be too. We certainly are. And they have really good coffee. It's not $7 like Starbucks. Why go to Dunkin' and get subpar products from them when you can come to Bagels & Co. and get a more premium product at the same price point. So for the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philadelphia, head to www dot the bagels and co.com slash store locator to find the closest bagels and co near you. All right. As we talk about Tobias and buddy heel, we go to the arena and check in with our guy who loves bagels right now is probably wanting to eat a bagel after a tough game like this on a Sunday afternoon. Kyle Newbeck joins us live from the arena following the press conferences of the Bucks and the Sixers. And, and Kyle, as we uh, just finished talking about the great bagels that you often get from Bagels & Co., um, you know, the, 
this was a tough one this afternoon against Milwaukee. We knew it was already going to be a difficult one because of how good Milwaukee is, the struggles that the Sixers have had. But you weren't going to win this one when you shoot as poor as they did this afternoon and the Bucks shooting as hot as they did. Yeah, I just have a, a couple of observations listening to you guys, first of all. Number one, Derek, I don't know that you realized this. You had a nice little Freudian slip in there. You said, I'm trying to think of nice things to say about Tobias. And you said he did a good job of defending Tobias, which I do agree with that. He did a great job of defending himself. <laughs> he is the best person in a league to so, shut down Tobias. That's so, absolutely true. I take nothing back. Or defend him in general. So that was right on the money. And he has a good uh, second thing. And he has a good hairline. You guys were talking about the headbands, and you said that Ben Simmons was not one of the headband guys. Ben Simmons was the guy who determined okay. who did or did not wear the headbands okay. because he and Jimmy Butler back in the day were the headband bros. Right. I remember that, Jimmy. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That predated Tobias's arrival. They had bets about deflection, steals, and blocks. It was the whole thing. I wrote an article about it. So. Just want to make sure we're clear on that. Okay. Uh, it's been a long time. I've gone through some <laughs> shit. So I, some things have gotten jumbled in my brain. I Listen, I, I'm just giving you a, a hard time. Uh, obviously, I, after the game, so while we're on the, the subject of Tobias, I, I think roughly 75 to 80% of the questions asked to Nick Nurse were about Tobias. And this is not a dig at Nurse because I don't know what else he's supposed to do in this spot. His answers were basically a collective shoulder shrug, right? Like he, he gave credit to Milwaukee showing him length and this and that. And but I just I don't know that they see they they've said they need to be more organized as a group. Tyrese Maxey, when asked about it after the game, said, you know, he has to the part of that is on him getting Tobias more volume. Tyrese has got to organize guys and what have you. I don't know how much organizing you need when this guy is supposed to be one of your three most important players on the team when you're all healthy. Right now, he should be, I don't know if it's fair to call him a co-star, but at least like the number two to Tyrese Maxey's number one, something yep. close to that. And I said it in the recap, the thing that's really striking is is not that he's inefficient. It's that he's just kind of sleepwalking through these games. Like I don't see any form of urgency out of him right now. And set aside what the team needs, this is a contract year. Like you would think even just from a self-centered, I need to go prove myself, I need to go get the bag, all that, that there be this level of urgency that we're not seeing. And that to me is the most confusing part. I could get like, look, you want to fit in, be part of the team, whatever, bunch of new guys. But at some point he's going to have to, unless he has Troy Weaver on standby, ready to give him a stupid contract, which, Hey, maybe he's I going mean, we've to. We've done some stupid shit. Dumber things have happened in <laughs> yes. Detroit. Like I, I get it, but you would think he, that even Troy Weaver watches basketball from time to time. So, and he might not be employed by the time free agency opens in July. So yeah, just completely mystifying. Even as someone who's been, a vocal critic or skeptic, however you want to say it about Tobias, this has been just rough to watch the last couple of weeks. What did you uh what did you make of Paul Reed's roller coaster night? Afternoon. Yeah. Uh, oh, so you're right. That gone it. <laughs> Listen, once we're in the arena, people give me shit all the time. I'll write 
night and it's like a one o'clock, three o'clock, whatever. Well, it is. I was joking. When you're in that arena, that so many times in the past. Derek said he wanted Twitter, to not was, do it. Yeah. So I was oh, I don't it. care, man. We were actually saying in the <laughs> locker room, it's like going to Vegas. Once you're inside the casino, <laughs> yes. like, forget about well, it. Well, especially it. those it's ones nighttime. where it's like you're walking through like the the what was it, mile, the the miles drop place. I forget what it's called. It's blank going now, but like everything looks like it's daylight all the time. It's horrible. It, it's horrible. the same to us, no matter. So I'm okay with saying night, even though it's factually matter. incorrect here. That's my. I'll push back there. Uh, Paul Reed. I didn't think defensively was that bad. Like I, I thought, obviously mm-hmm. fouled too much, and the one that he really, you can't foul 85 feet from the basket, right? Like those are the ones you can't take. When you already Some have bang two bang fouls. plays, yeah. Some bang-bang plays at the rim when you're playing against Giannis is fine. And frankly, like, look, I actually asked Tyrese and DeAnthony about this today. But I thought they played reasonably well against Giannis specifically. You know, Giannis made a bunch of free throws, credit to him, got to his numbers. But I think he ended up having five or six turnovers. And they forced him to be a decision maker and a passer quite a bit. And I'd rather that than him just steamrolling to bias and Paul, and so I think Paul played a part in that, in, in slowing him down at least a little bit. I think the issue right now is that Paul, whether it's because he's trying to do too much or because he's being asked to do too much because other guys are abdicating responsibility, he's taking some shots that, you know, I said it, and Derek, I think you were still there at the game at this point. He can't be taking mid-range jumpers with 18 seconds on the shot clock. You don't like, like that fadeaways is, from Paul Reed? I do not like one-legged fadeaway is from Paul. And like it's it's not in his wheelhouse. When Paul is a downhill roller, when Paul is trying to finish around the basket, he's made real significant strides there and is pretty his, good there. The other thing is, I would yep. say the other thing I would say that I didn't love, and, and they corrected this somewhat in the second half, they're using him as a drop defender. I know Rich Hoffman pointed this mm-hmm. out on Twitter as well. They're using him far too often as a drop guy. That is not his strength as a defender. When he's in actions with their wings, which admittedly they don't have a ton of them these days, just switch it. Like, Don't ask him to be playing two-on-ones against Dame Lillard and Brooke Lopez or Dame Lillard and Giannis is even worse, where he's either got to play up on Dame and then Giannis is rolling to the basket, or he's got to sink back and drop and Dame is walking into, you know, easy pull-up threes. Dame has had a, a tough year, at least like 2024, January 1st onward. But if you're giving him basically practice shots like they did today in the first half, he's going to get it going. He's too good. He's too skilled to do that. So I, I didn't like the approach there, but I don't think that's necessarily uh, Paul's fault. It's how they're using him. As expected with Doc Rivers coming back for the first time and everything that has happened since he has left, <laughs> um, of course, the crowd reacted appropriately when he was introduced at pregame. Uh, but what was uh, some of the thoughts that you took away from you, the pregame availability uh, when you guys were in there and Doc was speaking? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think Doc mostly said he got asked a bunch of like, what's your legacy here? Or, you know, takeaways from the Celtics series, things like that. And he mostly said, Well, it's not really for me to decide. And then, of course, people lost their minds a little bit because he had to sneak in the 
well, Joel didn't get the ball enough in game six. And there's a whole <laughs> lot of like, we're all trying to find the guy who did this. Like, you know, it's, you had no responsibility for that, obviously. Like, you know, that's sort of deal. But I didn't think it was, you didn't say anything particularly crazy. I think he also said, enjoyed his time here. I think the thing that, and Derek pointed this out as we were discussing it after his pregame press conference. I think the one thing that still drives me nuts, and he's done this from the moment insane. he got here. Keep going. Cause I'm it's when to... he's like, oh, they lost and they got swept in the first round before I got here. It's like, yeah, they got swept in the first round in the bubble with the most disastrous roster that they've had and with their second best player at the time out for the season. Like, I, who fucking cares? Like, that doesn't mean anything. Well, especially, they, so like 2019, they, they lose on the final shot against the eventual champion Raptors. 2020, yes. okay, bubble. They get swept in the first with round. With no Ben Simmons, by the way. With Ben Simmons injured. And then they come out and lose the freaking Atlanta Hawks, and he wants a goddamn victory tour because they got to the second round and lost to the inferior team? Like, are you kidding me? Are you, painting that as a successful turnaround when they were a better team two years prior is freaking maddening. Yeah, like, to, to come out and say, like, oh, people didn't look at us as contenders before, and they did after. It's like, They were literally that, a contender contend- two years ago. <laughs> They're literally the same place. That it's So, I don't know. There's just a lot of revisionist history there. Otherwise... I didn't think anything he said was too crazy. Uh, opinions will vary on that one. But in terms of the uh, excuse-making tour he's been on for the last uh, month or so, pretty mild stuff today, I'd say. And it seems like he was at least semi-prepared for this because he showed up about 15 minutes late for his own press conference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, listen, man, uh, it's for, for a day like this and, you know, tough game overall, uh, one thing that stood out to me, it was nice to see them in their home white uniforms uh, again instead of all these weird colors at home. Yeah. I, I feel like such an old man that That's I would I just love home teams it. to wear their white jerseys all the time. It's all these, you have so many additions and they change yeah. every year. It's like, come on, man. Like, you you're at home, wear the whites, home whites you're on man. the road, wear the color jersey, like, whatever. I don't... That's my crotchety old man yells at the cloud uh, take on that for sure. Hey, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Wear the other ones away. Maybe occasionally the city edition because you want to sell them. That's fine. But generally, home whites, man, home whites. Well, listen, man, go enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Uh, You have an early day here, so go enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Be safe getting home. Doesn't seem you. How, How was the weekend, man? You had a good weekend with the family? Your sister's in town? You already said that, so. Yeah, it took it a little easier last night than expecting. I get to do all the fun. Now I get to go grocery shopping there after the game. So it'll be a nice <laughs> jam-packed Sunday evening for your boy. In the uh, jam-packed gonna... market. There you go. There you go. I guess well, listen, so. Man. But I'm, I'll be excited to see everybody hopefully uh, Tuesday evening for mm-hmm. the Celtics game out at Chicken or the Egg with the gang. Yeah. So. Apparently the video is up, wings. Kyle, of us eating the 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 um the wings. I did see right as I was about to get on the show. I saw I was tagged in a uh, video, so I'm looking forward to seeing our uh, social media guru Chris basically crying <laughs> because he ate a chicken wing. You know that was that was a fun time. Yeah, milk makes an appearance in this video, folks. Unless he edited that part out. Well, listen, man. Thanks. We'll see you tomorrow, two thirty for our. Uh, normal afternoon show on a day off man thanks man we talk to you tomorrow see you fellas get home safe all right you got it man home whites Derek. i like the home whites yeah i don't mind the other uniforms but i like the home whites 
Yeah. Yeah. I like those. But um, so, hey, tough, tough afternoon for the Sixers. They're back at it on Tuesday against the Boston Celtics in Boston. That would be a great win if they're able to find a way to get yeah. that one done. And again, come hang out with us. Chicken or the egg, Marlton, New Jersey. Really looking forward to it. Like I've said every time, if you show up and you want to try to do the ludicrous wing challenge, Devon just talked about it. It basically made our social media guy cry. I will have a wing with you and we will commiserate together because it will not be a fun experience, much like watching some of the recent basketball that we've had. But we'll have a Coors Light, we'll have a ludicrous ring, and we'll have a good time. Derek's better than me because I'm not doing it again. Come on, you got through it. You handled it. I did get through it. I mean, look, you were like basically crying out of every pore you had, but you got through it fine. I'm not ashamed to say that. (laughs) It was hot as hell, (laughs) right? (laughs) I had the tissues ready just in case. The, not for crying. It was more for the, you know how you eat hot wings and nose starts running? Oh, my God. Like yeah. you said, pores just open I up. I made nose a mistake. I was driving home and, like, I scratched, like, my cheek and I accidentally got a little bit near my eye and it was bad. It was bad news. Folks, it is hot. So if Derek is willing to do it and pay for it, you should do it with Derek. Uh, eat the wing and all that. I see how I'm feeling that night. <laughs> and uh, But the rest of the food is exceptional. So get some wings. As Derek said, have some Coors Light while you're there. Some uh, some of the rap. Kyle had the rap. Uh, he said that was fantastic. Some of the other food. I'm a big burger guy, so I'll probably have the burger this time out. The fries were good. I did eat the fries after we had that hot wing. Bree is shaking her head yes, because yeah. we had to have the fries to t- kind of get away from all that heat to take away from that. So make sure you come out again. Also, the fries were good. I was fries were good. Eat them regardless. Fries yeah. were good. 730 Chicken or the egg, Marlton, New Jersey, and the weather is going to cooperate. It seems it's going to heat up so. a little bit, warm up so. a little bit. So hopefully that that uh, that's, stays that way by the time we get there on Tuesday. So we'll have a pregame. We'll talk to, to about the game with you all. We'll have our postgame live from the, the uh, chicken or the egg again in Marlton, New Jersey, following the game. Hopefully it's not like this one. And we're talking about more about a win yeah. than, than a loss, yeah. right? So I uh, hope to see you there. And also... We have a big sale starting tomorrow, Monday. Go to phlylocker.com, folks. Why? Because you can get all of our gear, all of the merchandise at phlylocker.com with 30% off Monday through Wednesday. phlylocker.com hoodies, t-shirts, hats, beanies. That's on there as well. We haven't worn the beanie on the show yet. I'm going to get my beanie delivered just in time for spring. Just in time for spring. You never know, right? For the baseball game. You got to go to the baseball game. Got to put your beanie on or when we leave the arena kind of late. T-shirts, hoodies, hats. It's all available to you. Our team show hoodie right there available. The PHLY Sixers hoodie in royal blue. You can get that 30% off Monday through Wednesday. Hopefully you jump in there and take advantage of our big clearance sale once again, 30% off Monday through Wednesday, phlylocker.com. Buy me something. Buy me something. I need it for nights like afternoons like this, <laughs> losses. I'm, I'm dejected. I'm down. I'm dejected. Buy me a hoodie or T-shirt, and I'll buy one back, and we'll, you know, get one back for you as well. Uh, we got a lot of people to thank here in, in the chat, so let's get to those. Started off with the Super Chats. We had Bernard, Davon, <laughs> a.k.a. School Board Beats, and Baba Jide. What up, Baba Jide? Appreciate you all. Into the chat, we had the real bull, RJ, who was just on fire today. RJ, always once, active in the chat, Darryl especially gone, after losses. And he was fighting pretty much, arguing with pretty much everyone, but we appreciate you stopping by. RJ, we, when... We, I, and I don't agree with a lot of his takes. I appreciate your passion. Love that you're always in the chat. 
Right, also yeah. want to shout out Puppas, X-Men, Coach Roller Ricketts, Kane, Eric Schmidt, AC Filler, two-minute warning. What about Fusion, Remo, front running fan base, which there's a little bit of that in the his username sometimes. checks out. Especially yeah, on days like today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Perry Ellis, Marshawn Lynch. Perry Ellis, what up? Citizen Clothes. <laughs> Larry Jackson. Taz, Is that Perry Ellis Kyle from Kansas? Uh, probably not. Right. T. Miles, Brandon, Liam, Derek Reed, Brian. We'll call him McKnight. Brian Knight. What up, Brian doing, McKnight? Uh, that's about Make all us an that intro. I have. Sing us some, some good songs there. How about the, uh, the national anthem? That was pretty good, right? Yeah. No, I like that. I enjoyed that. One of the kids, if I'm not mistaken, Wanye Mars from Boys to Men. Okay. His son. Pass it right that. down. Did not know that. Pass it right down. Right? The kid the, can do, sing. Do you have a singing voice where we can get Devon on the mic someday? Not anymore. I used no? to. Okay. Yeah, I, I never did. To. You will never hear me sing. Not karaoke. Not on this show. Not if they won ever. a championship? Nope. No? No. All right. I was, I was You, you, you got to know what you can do. I, not a chance. I understood. Understood. You have to know your limits. KYP. KYP. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show. I'm, let me like right now because that was a good show. After watching that, we did a good job. We like. I just liked it, so you like and subscribe to you, the show. One so you more can question before we get out. Fusion mentioned that he just joined the Discord. He wanted to know if you had joined yet. No, start the week off right. Okay. Monday, I'll okay. be in the Discord. I won't even tell you what time I'm going to be in there, Puffers, but I'll be in there. He was at, Discord the, he was at the game he the other night. He's like, man, I didn't know you had to download an app, another app on my phone. I don't want an <laughs> another app. app. Damn it, man. Slow Suck my phone up, down. Devon. Get in Discord. Because I won't even buy a new phone. They they keep trying to get me to get a new phone and all that stuff. I'm like, nah, I'm holding out until this phone is done. Till it done. And now you want me to get a new app to slow my phone down even more. As Papa says, Devon has Discordophobia. I do have Discordophobia. Yeah. RJ, definitely respect you always uh, being in here, all honesty, man. We have not peer pressured Rich enough. So once you get in Discord, we will start peer pressuring Rich. All right. After me, then Rich. You yeah. got it. All right. Um, like and subscribe to the show. Tell a friend and tell the other friend and the rest of the friends. Sunday dinner tonight. Tell a friend. You know what? It's a good show. PHLY. Sixers, the gang. They're there. They're fantastic. Every game, 2.30 tomorrow. Unlike Tobias... Who originated the Telefriend to Telefriend? We will not disappear on you after we say that. No, we will we'll not. We'll be right back no, on here on not. tomorrow. And when you like and subscribe, you have the, uh, the the bell icon that will be there for you right there. Al already rung the bell in the chat. Everybody else ring the bell. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 2 30. Brianna, we appreciate you as always. Everybody, have a great rest of your Sunday. Talk to you on Monday. A lot to chat about because they need to figure some things out, Tobias and Buddy Hill. We'll talk to you on Monday. Good afternoon. Y'all silly like the mayor.